Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. What will be your legacy? That is the topic we're going to talk about today on this episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here, and thank you once again for plugging in on this beautiful Wednesday, hump day, 6th of October, 2021. Here in the Macedon Ranges, uh, as I look out the office window, not a cloud in the sky, virtually no wind at all, and it is a beautiful, beautiful day. going to be 22 degrees Celsius here today, and uh, just after all the rain we've had, it is phenomenal to see just some blue skies, uh, and uh, get out there and smell the roses, smell the beautiful air, and uh, and take take advantage of that sunshine. So I do want to talk about legacy today because it's something that um, I think a lot about, and certainly with the the sales letters I work with, it's a conversation that we often will have in relation to how they want to be known for when they leave, eventually leave their particular position. But given that we've also come to the end of the AFL footy season, there's a lot of players that are retiring, a lot of players ending up moving clubs. And for all intents and purposes, when players leave a particular club or retire from the game, they're often uh, asked questions about, you know, how do you want to be remembered for it? And essentially, this is a question around legacy. So I want to reflect on that today a little bit, but also think about for us as sales leaders, what is the legacy that we want to leave once we have left either our team or in some cases, our business. Now, it's an interesting question that I, as I said, I often ask this of sales letters that I work with as clients, but also in group context, or if I'm just having conversation with business people, I often ask the question around this, and it may not necessarily be as direct as, hey, what, what is it your legacy wants to be? But there'll be something around the legacy uh, question in terms of, you know, what is it when you leave here, when you move on, how do you want to be remembered? What do you want to be known for? What what do you want to have stood for, et cetera, et cetera? Now, what's interesting about this is the response that I get are many and varied. And often, it could be anything from getting blank stares, and this is typically from the people who have never actually given it an ounce of thought because their focus has been pretty much on just get the number, get the number, get the number, and it's about driving the team to drive the number to get the accolades that, uh, in a lot of cases, the sales letter wants, and it's not so much the team. So I get blank stares, and it's like, what, what are you, what, what are you talking about, Legacy? What, what, what is that? Or I'll get uh, anything from the other end in terms of laughter. It's like, <laughs> what are you talking about, Legacy? What a, what a wanky word that is. And again, it's probably something that they never even get given any thought of. But, but here's the thing: as a, as a sales leader, and this, still, this is going to depend a lot on how long you've been in the gig as well, right? So if you're a, if you're a brand new sales leader, probably the legacy conversation, or at least the legacy thought process, is probably not going to be something that's top of top of the agenda uh, because you'd be so focused on establishing your credibility, uh, getting into some sort of rhythm, uh, and really stamping your authority on the team and on the business because you, you do want to be there for a long time, but you're not probably thinking about when your time is up, what do you want to be known for when you, when you do leave. Uh, however, it's one of the things that needs to be considered, and it's probably one of the most important aspects of Leadership. Now, whether you want to term it the term it as legacy or leave leave a lasting impression, what do you want to be known for? All of it, all of it, literally does mean legacy, and this is what we want to talk about. And if there's one thing that comes out of this episode for you, one key takeaway, it's it's this: I want you to start thinking about, all right, what is it that I do want to be known for? When my time is up, when I eventually do move away from the role that I've got, 
or if I move from a different organization, what is it looking back that I've left? What is it that I want to be known for? And what are people going to be talking about in relation to the effect that I had on them that hopefully they can carry forward? So it's a question I want you to start thinking about. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, well, hang on, I'm brand new to the sales leadership game and I've got uh, I've got enough on my plate uh, to st- <laughs> rather than worrying about things like legacy. But I want you to start because... I had the benefit of a great uh, general manager when I first started in a sales leadership role, and I have referred to him before, and his name was Danny. Uh, His name is still his Danny, and I remember his very first day, he talked to me about succession plans, and the question he asked me on my very first day was, Darren, who is your likely successor? Who have you chosen, or who will you choose to be your successor when you eventually do leave this particular role or leave the organization? So... He was basically starting to plant the seed, and it was the beginning of the conversation around legacy. Now, one of the things he he said to me through that conversation, he said, "Mate, you're going to leave. You're going to leave at some stage anyway, right? Whether it be going on to a different role or a different organisation. So when you leave, there will be some form of legacy that is left anyway, right? So you might as well design one that is intentional and start then working towards that. And as I look back now, and this was for this was like 27 years ago. Uh, such a great piece of advice that I'm glad I took on because it started, I'd already started to work on what my leadership philosophy was, but I hadn't necessarily thought about, okay, what would be what would be my legacy that I wanted to leave when I did leave that particular team or that particular organization. So if you haven't got the benefit of a, of a sales leader or a senior leader that's asking you those sort of questions, you know, take it from me and take the, take the leaf out of Danny's book. And ask yourself this question as well. You know, what is the legacy that you want to leave behind once you do leave? Now, given that we have uh, now wrapped up the AFL Premiership season, uh, there's a lot of players that have either retired or are moving on to other clubs. And every single one of them in their own right are leaving behind a form of legacy. Many of them, it would be a legacy that has been intentional. And a lot of cases, it's just a legacy that that, that has happened through their actions. And as they reflect back on their career, they've actually started to realize that, you know what, there is a legacy that I've that I've left, but it's probably not as intentional as I would have liked if I had my time over again. And I wanted to highlight one guy, and, and this comes from the Melbourne Footy Club. Nathan Jones has been a, a stalwart of the Melbourne Football Club. He is sitting, I think, second on the all-time games list, having played his 300th game this year, and he finished his career on 302 games. He's been a captain, co-captain, uh, and multiple best and fairest winner. And he leaves his club in a phenomenally strong position. Now, he was drafted in 2005, I think as a 17-year-old, played his first game against the Western Bulldogs in 2006, and in fact, at the end of 2006, played in finals. So he's playing finals in his first year of AFL football. Now, fast forward to 2018, if you had told him back in 2006 that he'd be playing his next AFL final in the year 2018, he probably would have laughed at you or probably thought, my God, this is going to be a long, long road. But such is the uh, the testament to the bloke because he had many opportunities to leave and go to more successful clubs. But he believed so much in what the Melbourne Footy Club were trying to create that he stayed because he wanted to be part of something special. And his whole thought process was he wanted to be able to leave the club in a much better place than when he found it and than when he arrived. And even though he arrived at a reasonably successful time, uh, albeit at the end of that successful time, uh, he went through years and years of pain. But if you look back and we talk about legacy, what he started to do is he started to form an intentional legacy that he wanted to leave behind. And he set the standards, the platform, the foundations for what now is a very, very strong, robust club that should endure some success 
over the next five to 10 years based on what's actually been put in place. So if you talk about the legacy, the legacy that he's left is things like loyalty, integrity, fierce competitiveness, high levels of professionalism and humility, to name but a few. So if you think about all of these things, if and anybody, anybody you speak to within the Melbourne Footy Club and anybody you really speak to in the AFL system, and when you ask them questions around Nathan Jones, those sort of words come up to describe who he is and what he's left and his indelible mark on the football club and, and in, in a broader sense on the AFL competition. Just the fact that he's always operated in integrity. He, he was going through some of the darkest days in the history of the club. And at that time, he was also the leader of the club and the captain of the club. And he was the shining light when everything around him was completely and utterly dysfunctional. But from all intents and purposes, what you saw from the outside is you saw somebody who was standing up who definitely and fully believed in what the the club was trying to create. And while players came and went, while coaches came and went, Nathan Jones remained. And he will go down in history as one of the greats of the Melbourne Footy Club. And certainly if you talk to the players this year, and he didn't get the fairy tale ending where he, d- he didn't get the opportunity to play in the premiership side that he so desperately wanted to be a part of. But his fingerprints are all over the Melbourne Footy Club in terms of the culture and the legacy that he will leave is he had his hands on the, on the premiership cup as well. And the work that he'd put in for all the previous years has left such an indelible mark on the club that will go on for years and years to come. And look, look there are other players in the history of the club as well that have done that. But um, given that it's so recent, it's a it's a great it's a great example to reflect on in terms of uh, in terms of legacy. And probably the biggest uh, the biggest compliment I guess that Nathan Jones could get, even though he didn't win a premiership, he didn't win anything like a, an, a Norm Smith medal or a Brownlow medal. He did wear, win club best and fairest. But probably the the best accolade that he could get is the way he's respected and spoken about by not just his own club uh, but also other clubs. In the competition, I, I haven't heard a single person from any other club speak a bad word about Nathan Jones. Now that is what legacy is all about. Now, based on that, let's talk about you. What will be your legacy? Now, to help begin to form this, uh, there are two questions that I want to ask you. And these, this come from came from a um, actually a podcast I was listening to this morning, and this is um, a couple of great questions when it comes to legacy. And I think these are really um, powerful questions to begin. I guess, the process of thinking about, okay, what is it that my legacy will be? Uh, and what are some things that I can put in place to start moving towards creating that legacy so that I can, when, I, when, it, is, when it is my time to move on, uh, I will have actually achieved my objective. So the first question is, what is it that you would like to be known for? So if you think about your role right now and you think about when you end up leaving, now it could be two years, could be two months, could be 20 years, whatever the case might be, what is it that you would like to be known for uh, when you do leave. Now, this is from uh, key customers. This is going to be from senior executives. Specifically, it's going to be from your team. What is it that you would like to be known for? And this takes a bit of thinking time. And this is not something that you're just going to sit down in half an hour and just get it get it done and put some words on a piece of paper. This is something you've really got to contemplate. And it's probably also something you need to share with people to get some feedback on to, to see, is this consistent? Am I really clear on what I value? Uh, and is this something that I can I can live by and build some consistency around? So that's the first question. What is it that you would like to be known for? Now, the second question is going to be more about the here and now. And this is probably a more difficult question to answer because you may not necessarily know, like the answer that you're going to get from this. And the, and the question is, well, right now, 
what are you known for? Now, this one's a little bit more of a difficult question because it could well be quite confronting that what you are known for now in your own head may not necessarily be matched by what you're known for in the eyes of other people. And this is why research is such an important thing. We've got to go and get some feedback. We've got to go and ask our customers. We've got to go and ask our team, ask our peers, ask our partners, ask our senior executives in terms of, okay, what am I known for right now? What do I stand for? What do you think I stand for? Now, a key thing here is when you do this research, you've got to make sure that the feedback you're getting is fact-based, observation-based, not opinion-based. Which means you might have to delve in a little bit deeper. If somebody says that, uh, you know, what, you're, what are you known for right now is you're known as impatient, right? Now, that could come across as being quite opinionated. And you might have an emotional response to that as soon as you hear that sort of response coming back in terms of the feedback. So we've got to ask questions to try and qualify that. So look for evidence, look for information, look for facts that might actually support, am I actually impatient? Because what we want to get to is we want to get a realization of, okay, this is what I want to be known for, but this is what I'm known for right now. So there's going to be a gap. The challenge, therefore, will be how do I construct a plan so that I can bridge that gap and I can start to execute some strategies and some techniques and put some principles in place that I can become more intentional and at least start moving towards creating that legacy that I'd like to create and therefore be that person that I'd like to be known for. Now, once you've done that research and you have identified that gap, now it's time to start putting some thought into, all right, what are the areas I need to really focus on? For example, what are my personal values? What do I want to really hold near and dear to me? What will I stand for? Uh, And what will I now show by example through the personal values that I uphold every single day? What level of teachability? Am I going to be somebody who is teachable? Am I going to be somebody who is coachable? What standards of excellence do I have? So what standards... Well, I live by every single day with integrity, and these will be not negotiable. So these are going to be mandatory standards of excellence. Will I have a hunger for development? Will I constantly look for opportunities to learn new things and to bring learning into any environment that I go into and ask curious-based questions? And how can I focus on action? Because the biggest part of all of this is you're going to have to put some action in place. And to quote the great Neil Danaher, and he used to say this, and he still does, when it's all said and done, there is more said than done. So we have to, whatever we think about in terms of the areas we need to bridge in terms of the gap between what we're known for right now and what we'd like to be known for, we've got to make sure that we are focusing in on the action steps that need to take us from where we are to where we'd like to be. So there's just some th- some areas to think about. Now, there's going to be a whole host of other things and it might be different for different people, but the key thing here is start thinking about what is it that I'd like to be known for. Get really intentional about that and paint a picture of what success looks like. So we always talk about in sales and in success, if you like, in in achieving, is start with the end in mind. So you've got to know what success looks like so that you can actually start to put a process in place and start putting a plan in place to give yourself the opportunity of achieving that. So no different to when you're starting to think about what your legacy will be. So you've got to do that first of all, and then start thinking about what is is it I'm that I'm known for right now. So that will give you that gap. And as we wrap up, one more thing to think about, and I really resonated with this when I heard it, and it's this about legacy. It's not about what you leave for people. Because a lot of people think about, okay, my legacy will be, I'm going to leave something for people. I'll leave them a piece of property, I'll leave them a, whatever the case might be, leave them some money. That's what a lot of people, oh, what's your legacy? Oh, I'm going to leave my, my kids with a bucket load of money. Well, great, that's great. But from a sales leadership perspective, it's not, when we're talking about legacy, it's not what you're going to be leaving for people. It is what you will leave in 
people. So think about that as we wrap up this particular episode and really think about what your legacy is going to be. Now, if you haven't thought about it, give yourself the opportunity of really sitting down and starting at least that thinking process of what will I like to be known for? Now, you'd be more surprised with what you come up with, and it could well be the catalyst that fast tracks your development to become an even better more exceptional sales leader. So, uh, And your team is only going to be the beneficiary of that. So trust that message resonates. And as we wrap up this episode, if you are committed to taking your leadership to the exceptional level and you're really committed to creating that legacy and fast-tracking your development, becoming that exceptional sales leader, then let's work one-on-one. You know the drill. Go to leadwithdarren.com. Pick a time. We'll sit down and have a conversation over Zoom and get started on your legacy ASAP. So look forward to that conversation. And as always, look forward to the next conversation where I share with you on the exceptional sales letter podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the exceptional sales letter podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.